0: Hey guys, welcome to Outliers, a show about the lifestyle and culture of action sports. I'm Molly Hawkins, and I'll be your pilot for the next 30 minutes. This week we are going to be talking about some sports, I guess you could call them, that are a little unconventional, Um, base jumping, wingsuit flying, bungee jumping, and a new one that I'm just learning about, speed flying, or also maybe known as speed riding. Today we have my friend Doug Frutos here. Doug, you are a fabricator by trade. But you are also a base jumper, your wingsuiter, bungee jumper, and now the one I'm learning about, the speed flying. You don't see much of these sports in the mainstream media, other than in maybe James Bond movies. Tell me about <laughs> how you got into these.
1: Um, you know, when I was a kid, I I enjoyed jumping off of things. So um, you know, I was that kid that would jump off the roof and pile up mattresses, and you know, jump into the bushes and jump into the water. So your so, folks had a
0: good insurance plan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, growing up in the 80s, seeing the extreme skiing, and that was a big inspiration for me. So uh, being a part of that, I definitely was exposed to base jumping, um, and it was something that uh, always uh, was intriguing. Um, and just by pure chance, I got into bungee jumping, right place at the right time, and... I didn't want that opportunity to go away, so I just spent all my time being a part of this small bungee group um, called Vertigo Bungee. So
0: so you started with base jumping and then went to bungee? That seems kind of in my mind kind of No, words. I,
1: Well, I, I was inspired by base jumping oh, okay. and, and skydiving, Got. but bungee was actually the first— thing that I started doing when I was, okay. uh, 19 years old.
0: Okay. So that's kind of the gateway drug.
1: <laughs> yeah, you could say that for sure. Um, I spent 10 years bungee jumping, uh, pretty religiously. Uh, I was part of a, a group and we did, uh, you know, renegade bungee trips all over the West coast. So that's, that's how I spent my days and nights, um, when I wasn't working. <laughs>
0: so what, is, what does that mean? Renegade bungee trips?
1: Well, we, at, at that time, you know, we didn't have our own facility, so we would trespass basically and <laughs> jump off, you know, railroad bridges, road bridges, whatever, whatever kind of bridge we could find. You know, we spent time in map rooms and basically scoured the West Coast and wow. every bridge that we could find that was the right height, we would drive out there and scope it out and bring our gear and jump off it. So what's the right height? Uh, you know, I mean, uh, generally uh, anything over 160 feet up to whatever height you can think of. I mean, the highest bridges in the world are, uh, I think there's one in China that's 1,600 feet. Um, the highest bridge that we've jumped is 1,000 feet. It's in Colorado. Wow. And um, most of them are around 350, 400.
0: Okay. I think I've done a twenty foot uh, cliff jump uh, into a waterfall, yeah
1: <laughs> I mean we when we bungee jump, we try to use all the height that we have, so if it's a thousand foot bridge, we will go all the way a thousand feet. Where do you we get can. a
0: thousand foot rope?
1: oh we wow. we, we have it manufactured for us, and oh, we, do you? we do all the rigging okay. ourselves and
0: is there a whole industry for bungee jumping?
1: No, not really. It's pretty small now. I mean, at that time through the 90s, there was a lot of um, fly-by-night type of companies that would, you know, get gear and charge people. And, you know, eventually they ended up, uh, you know, getting some sort of crane out of state fair or something and just trying to make a buck. Um, Nowadays, there's really not much of of a business for it. There's just no locations. There's only a few in the country. Um, and only a few companies that offer, you know, trips. So it, it shrunk quite a bit.
0: So so you're bungee jumping. You've probably hit how many bridges now and features? You think?
1: Uh, Hundreds, well, bun- yeah, bungee jumping. I have over three thousand bungee jumps myself. Wow! And I've jumped and rigged um, off of about sixty five different structures.
0: Okay, that's pretty impressive
1: bridges and cranes and you know whatever we can jump off of safely
0: you you started bungee jumping and then what came next
1: uh well oddly enough I was uh on a bungee trip down in uh, northern California on a bridge 750 foot bridge and um we were jumping through the night it's a big bridge so it takes a lot of people and a big operation so it takes all night to do it and um there were a couple base jumpers that showed up and this is uh, 92 probably at that time I had never even seen a base jumper I've only like seen them in movies or saw them in magazines and um so that was kind of my first real experience, like actually seeing somebody jump off a bridge with a parachute and disappear into the darkness, you know. Um, And then oddly enough, a couple years after that, we were doing a MTV sports gig with a helicopter and skydiving and bungee cords all mixed together. And the person that was our, one of our trainers was the same guy that I met on the bridge. And after talking about our you know uh, stories and history we ended up realizing that we met a few years earlier and we ended up becoming friends and um, now he is a uh, man one of the leading manufacturers in the base jumping world and you know we're still dear friends and he's the one that uh, brought me into base jumping and taught me got me started taught me how to fly a parachute and taught me how to do all the packing and all the safety precautions.
0: So for folks who don't necessarily know what base jumping is, you know, how would you describe it?
1: Well, the word base is an acronym. Um, the B stands for building. The A is for antenna. The S is for span, like a bridge. And the E is for earth. So base is an acronym, and those are the objects that you jump off of. So once you have jumped off of one of each of those objects, then you can consider yourself a base jumper.
0: I just had one of those aha moments. I can't believe I didn't think of that. I always (laughs) wondered what the base meant. I just assumed it meant you were, you know, you had a base that you jumped off of.
1: (laughs) No, it's, it's funny. It's fixed object jumping. So all those objects are fixed objects. They're not moving.
0: Got it. Cool. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the what's the global stage look like for base jumping? It seems like there must be somewhat of an industry for it. Obviously, you know, like I said earlier, there's the James Bond films, and you know, there's entertainment. But I mean, is it a competitive arena? How many people are doing it? I think a lot of people now might be familiar with Felix Baumgartner. Yeah. Um, is he a base jumper?
1: Yeah, he's a base jumper. Okay. Yeah, I mean, um, the. <laughs> Base jumping arena now is actually growing uh, pretty rapidly just in the last few years. Um, Wingsuiting might have something to do with it, but I think um, the majority of it is just um, now we have so many crossover athletes in the outdoor Mm -hmm. um, world. Um, So it seems like because you have these crossover athletes that have a, a broader range of skill, It's a lot easier for him to attain more skill. That makes sense. And so, and it's a lot easier to attain the base jumping skill nowadays than it used to be. It used to be, you know, you had to find a mentor. It was very secretive. You couldn't just, you know, take a course. Nowadays, you can take a course. If you have a certain amount of skydives, you'll get accepted into a course. And um, you can learn the first you know, few steps that you need to learn to start base jumping. Um, there's actually quite a few events around the world, um, building events, bridge events, um, competitions. So with, the, um, with all those events, it's definitely a little bit easier and to try to get sponsorships. And there's, you know, there's people doing it. There's people um, that can call themselves professional base jumpers nowadays. Mm-hmm. Are you sponsored? Am I? Uh, you know, I have I have very good support. I wouldn't call it a sponsor, but um, I'm part of a couple different teams, and it's a they're more support teams than anything else. Okay. Yeah.
0: Anyone you'd like to share with us?
1: Uh, well, Asylum Designs, they're their manufacturer that I use. Um, that company builds the container which is the harness and the backpack that holds the parachute. And they also build the parachute. So um, I'm on their team, and so that allows me to have a lot a, a, lot of support that I wouldn't have if I wasn't on the team.
0: Right. So I guess, um, <laughs> is there a, a new term for what Felix was doing? I mean, because that's, that's taken it to a whole nother level.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean... Uh,
0: or to, to I, you i mean was that just a gimmick i mean how do you feel about it i don't
1: I mean, think it was a gimmick at all it is very dangerous yeah um there's a lot that could go wrong yeah um it doesn't really uh, i mean i could i could see where it can progress something in a certain direction as far as um, high altitude skydiving and the equipment that he used and everything else but um it's not attainable by, by by really anybody else you know <laughs> right
0: oh that red bull yeah um okay so bungee jumping base jumping you know now now uh so bungee jumping base jumping was it wingsuit flying next
1: yeah um base jumping uh, <laughs> it might be a little hard to believe but there's a lot of different types of base jumping um some base jumpers love low objects. So, and some like big objects. Um, In the last 10 years, as more people started jumping and started jumping larger cliffs, um, with those larger cliffs, when you're in free fall that long, you actually be, you you are able to actually glide just with your body without any equipment, any um, special stuff, just regular clothes. You can, Glide away from the cliff if it's tall enough. So if it's 3000 feet, you can, you can glide away from it about one to one. So one foot forward, one foot down. Um, now, if you add clothing, there's a tracking, equi- tracking gear. And that's basically like a nylon uh, jacket and pants. And it has vents in it. And the vents actually allow the, Clothing to inflate. So now you have more surface area.
0: So that it's actually the suit is actually inflating. It's
1: actually inflating. And then once it inflates and you have more surface area, you can glide even more. Um, And then the wingsuit actually has wings. So you have a wing for your left arm, one for your right arm, and then one between your legs. And they actually inflate, they all have inlets and they inflate. Um, because of the velocity, the air goes in the vents, inflates the wing and creates the shape. Um, and it's, I mean, it's the same principle as an airplane or a parachute. You know, you're creating a high pressure and a low pressure, and that's basically how you, that high pressure that goes over the top of you pulls you because you have low pressure below you. So, um... The, the wing suit is actually designed just like an airplane wing. It has battens. It has compartments. And once it inflates and it pressurizes, it, it's an actual wing. You're not actually holding it out. You're in a very relaxed position, and that allows your body to, you know, steer.
0: So you're probably a little less tense than—I mean, I guess my vision of it was that you're, you know, you're really having to fight against the wind and, you know, hold—
1: the. Earlier, wingsuits were like that, and you yeah. really had to hold hold yeah. them out and hold them in a certain shape. The newer ones, you know, people are doing wind wind tunnel testing and doing aerodynamic testing on them and stuff like that. So, um, with different materials and, of course, different designs, you're going to get that efficiency that mm-hmm. that you're finding now with the with the wingsuits.
0: Again, you're here with Molly Hawkins, and you're listening to Outliers. We have Doug here. He's telling us a little bit about uh, wingsuits and base jumping, um, Doug. So when I think of all my friends who are doing out there, doing these crazy sports, or you know, out there on the snow or in the air, it appears to me, based on you know the things that I hear from them, that these risks that they're taking are pretty damn calculated. Um, I mean, I'm I'm guessing that you put a lot of time and thought into all of your jumps and all the things that you're doing. Um, do you ever get scared though?
1: Um, you know, <laughs> uh, you can be honest. Sca- Nobody's well, listening. <laughs> s- scared? Um, yeah, you definitely get scared uh, anytime you're jumping off of something new or you're doing something you haven't done before. You're gonna you're gonna have that fear of the unknown, you know. But m- most of the time, it's it's a large Feeling of anticipation more than it is fear. Um, with base jumping, you you train so much and you really have to take an account of all the dangers that are in front of you. So um, it's that anticipation that you feel before you jump that really gets your your blood flowing.
0: Do you always feel like you're one upping each high after you know jump after jump?
1: Um, no, I don't. I mean, it's, um, when I base jump, when I safely land, the feeling I get is just a really big sense of accomplishment. You know, I'm never numb to the fact that I can jump <laughs> off of a mountain and fly down and land in the forest, you know, <laughs> and it's always amazing to be able to do that.
0: That said, what's the craziest thing you've ever done?
1: The, the
0: craziest oh. where you're like, I may not come out of this. Um, you called your mom before and you know like, Hey mom.
1: <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't do that at all. <laughs> that sounds like a horrible thing to do to my mother.
0: <laughs> oh, she's probably already terrified.
1: Um, uh. you know, I, um, I honestly, when I base jump, I plan out everything so much that I, I don't, I don't think I've ever really had the feeling that, that it might not make it, you know? Um, it it do, really does take a lot of calculations and you really have to be confident on on your ability uh, especially when you're wingsuiting and stuff okay. like that so so
0: okay what what was your favorite feet jump or
1: um i would say um some of the some of the wingsuit jumps that i've done in switzerland are probably switzerland. my switzerland interlaken favorite uh yeah a lot of brunnen okay just up uh up the valley from Interlaken.
0: cool what'd you do there what was...
1: um there are so many jumps there but uh you know one of my i I guess one of my favorite ones was uh first time I jumped off the the mushroom at the Iger it's a it's a rock formation that looks like a mushroom um, and the first time I jumped off it I was lucky enough to be able to ride in a helicopter to it. <laughs> so that was pretty awesome. Um, and that was the very beginning of my wingsuit flying. I only had a handful of uh, wingsuit flights and only a couple of them were base jumps. So um, the first time I jumped off that I was my third wingsuit base jump. And I was lucky enough to be up there all by myself looking looking down at the Swiss Valley
0: so it went from, again, bungee jumping, base jumping, wingsuiting, and then you mentioned speed riding? What is that?
1: Uh, speed riding and speed flying are really close to the same. Um, it's What it is is you ground, off, ground launch a parachute off the top of a mountain. Um, it's a high-performance uh, wing. It's kind of like a um, paraglider and a high-performance skydiving parachute. So you uh, lay it out behind you, and you run, and it inflates behind you. And then once it's inflated, it'll go up above you, and it'll outglide the terrain. So um, speed riding, you're doing that with skis on, and speed flying, you're doing it without skis on.
0: Got it. I think I've seen. I think I've seen that on a Warren Miller film. That be is that the same thing?
1: Yeah, probably. Um, depending on the size of your wing will depend on how close you can go to the terrain. So if it's real steep terrain, you're going to have a smaller wing. If it's real shallow terrain, you'll have a bigger wing. So
0: where do you go to do that? I mean, do you have to hike out or? Uh, they,
1: they let people do it at Crystal if you have a paraglider license. Okay. Um.
0: So some ski resorts all.
1: Yeah. Um, Sun Valley lets you do it. Um. I think there's a couple places down in Cali that allow you to do it. I think Bachelor allows it other other than that, you're just uh, skinning and hiking and you know just doing backcountry stuff.
0: So are these sports things that anyone could participate in if if somebody's jumping off cliffs on the mountains you know on their skis or snowboard, is there a progression or you know access to these things for the average Joe?
1: Um, if you're motivated, uh, you can learn all, all of it. I mean, all the, all the, um, lessons are out there. There's schools, there's, you know, people that are willing to teach. Um, you just have to be motivated and I guess be able to afford, <laughs> afford it.
0: <laughs> so spe- yeah. Speaking of affording it, I mean, uh, can somebody make a living off of it? It seems like obviously Felix, you know, is making a living off of doing these things and, um, you, you have some sponsors, but I mean...
1: Um, yeah, there's, there's people making a, a decent living off of doing these activities. I don't know if it's... I don't know if anybody's making money just doing one activity. Most of the guys that I know make money do a bunch of different ones. Right. And they have sponsors that support them on all those different levels.
0: What about... Do they make um, a chunk of that money through films or movies and entertainment?
1: Um... I think it's, uh, you know, uh, photo incentives and, you know, magazine shots, videos, um, you know, how many hits you got on YouTube, that kind of stuff.
0: Right. Well, I might be calling you at some point to take me out to a bridge or (laughs) strap me to something. Yeah. I don't know if that sounds appropriate, but. um.
1: (laughs) Well, I do. uh, We have a, a. we're going to have a bungee operation open in May. Oh, no. It won't be anywhere near Washington, but... Uh,
0: <laughs> Where, where's it going to be? Can you talk about it all?
1: Uh, it's going to be in Kentucky.
0: Oh, wow. That really is nowhere near Washington. Nope. Oh, okay. Well...
1: But that just so happened to be the only bridge that we could buy, so... Oh, we, you bought a bridge. We bought a bridge.
0: Who buys a bridge?
1: <laughs> a bunch of bungee <laughs> jumpers.
0: <laughs> are you guys from all over the country, or...?
1: No, we are uh, we have one, one person that's there in Kentucky, but okay. the rest of us are here in Washington.
0: Well, I'd love to come out.
1: Yeah, when yeah. It opens up.
0: When when can it? When will it be opening?
1: Uh, well, uh, we don't have a locked in date, but we're hoping for May. Okay. Um,
0: well, I'll be your second jumper. <laughs> to let somebody else be the guinea pig. <laughs> cool. Well, I'm excited for you. I'm I'm glad you were able to make it here uh, to share your your adventures with everybody, and you know I appreciate it. Yeah. Again, thank you for coming in today, Doug. Doug Frutos, wing flyer, base jumper, speed rider. Uh, you guys, thanks for listening. You can learn more at www.outliersproject.com and we'll have some links and some pictures of Doug there and a little video for you. I'm Molly Hawkins and I will see you next time.